Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today, we have with us Kelly Sparta, aka The Spirit Doctor. Kelly is a transformational shaman, the host of the popular podcast, Spirit Sharpa, and an executive coach for spiritually minded CEOs, business owners, coaches, and serious spiritual seekers. And today, Kelly is joining me for the first of our special episodes where she's going to bring you no-nonsense wisdom and insight in quarterly Sense of Soul podcast episodes called Kicking It with Kelly. So welcome, Kelly. It's so good to see you. Good to see you. I'm having to call in on my phone because the internet is out here. Yeah, my Wi-Fi has been wonky for a few days. Yeah, they say Mercury isn't retrograde, but I don't believe them. (laughs) It's like this massive energy. It feels heavy. Yeah. 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 Seems like we've been in the dark and as the light begins to shine on things, you know, there's grieving process that you go through. There's anger, you know, all kinds of emotions. And I think that for myself, I became like a habitual seeker of the truth. Yeah. We're living in interesting times in the Chinese definition of interesting. (laughs) It's yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a curse in China. Is well, you live in interesting times. It's like, mm, yeah. It's- this morning, I talked to someone over in Turkey. Mm-hmm. I had saw her on Instagram. Her journey led her to Turkey just by herself during COVID, and here now she has a front seat to this devastation in in a country that doesn't really have a plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I saw a post on LinkedIn the other day about there's a woman from Syria going, what about us? She said that. Yeah. Yeah. She said she knew somebody who had went over to Syria to help and like going from caravans of help moving into Turkey and crickets on the other side. That's so sad. Yeah. Well, I think, aren't there sanctions on Syria and stuff like that? I I don't I don't follow politics enough, but yeah, yeah, I think there are, and that could be hampering the relief efforts is, is part of that. So, and it's the area that is at war. So, right. Which is over there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people sent in support to the, to Ukraine, right. And they're in a war zone too. So mm, yeah. Racism much. Yeah. So, and she even said that in people who are at odds with Turkey, even sent help. Yeah. There's so much going on right now. It's so easy to just get numb to it all. And sometimes we have to get numb to it all because we've got to prioritize our own mental health over our investment in other people's pain. And literally there's a limit to what every human being can hold. Right. I mean, I came down here to Panama 
because I could no longer hold the energy of the U.S. I was just like, I just can't. I can't be here anymore. I can't care about what's going on. I can't invest in what's happening around me. I need to be done. And I came down here and, oh my God, I feel so much better, right? And, oh, lighter, calmer. There's none of that insane amount of fear and and pessimism and anger and hatred that's going on around everybody. I had my house warded six ways from Sunday. I mean, I had protections up against all sorts of angst and unhappiness. And it's still, it's pervasive. You know, when you're in it, you feel obliged to keep track of what's happening around you. And, you know, because especially since, you know, so much is going on right now that is so problematic and there are so many ways in which the country could die any moment in terms of the democracy. And with all of that, you know, I felt like I had to track it all just so that I would be prepared in the event that there was a problem. And here I'm like, I don't have to care about any of it. So relieved. <laughs> you know, and you don't do any good by tracking it all, getting all fearful. And in fact, you're doing the opposite. You're joining this collective fear. You know, I wasn't surprised when you had COVID and then you had a war. That just seemed like exactly what would happen. And then yeah. now you have natural disasters. Well, that seems like exactly that would happen. Yeah. There's a book that came out in like the late 90s. I want to say 1997. And I think it was called the fourth wave or something like that. But they're talking about the history has four waves and they go in 20 year cycles. And that the first wave is optimism and enthusiasm and excitement. And then people are going out and doing things. And then the next phase is individualism and I'm going to you know, make things happen for myself and blah, blah, blah. And the next phase is you know, really being pissed off about everybody getting so selfish. And then the final wave is revolution and breakdown and angst and upset. And if you look back 80 years, we would have been in World War II, right? With all the breakdown and Nazi Germany and the whole nine yards. And now we're in that same breakdown phase. And during this phase, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. And then you come together again at the end in collectiveness. Everybody is in the collective, right? And so we're in the breakdown phase. Now, the bad part about that is, is shit breaks down. <laughs> you know, the, the good part is that there's an opportunity for real change, right? And so, you know, you just have to be willing to be with the transition point. And so many people in the spiritual world right now, all of my sensitives are going through massive identity shifts right now. Yeah. I mean, just huge identity shifts and I'm in it too. And there's this place where you're like, okay, you know, you're being called to a higher level because the breakdown is happening and we need to be prepared to be part of the transition, right? And so there's all this identity shift stuff happening where people are changing the way they see themselves and how they define themselves. And 
stepping into a new form of who they are and how they're being in the world and, you know, just shifting a lot of things about themselves. And in fact, I started a newsletter on LinkedIn because there's so many people going through the identity shift that I was just like, oh, I'm just going to write articles about how to navigate your nav- yeah. your identity shift and just send them out every week because people are like, they're in it, right? The hard part about an identity shift is that, I mean, it's the same as the country, right? It's the same as the world is going through right now, which is there's this breakdown of the old identity. We don't see ourselves the way we used to see ourselves. You know, I'm, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s and you know, we were the greatest country ever and we're, you know, number one, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, oh my God, you know, it's, <laughs> we hate each other and we hate ourselves and we just, you know, nothing is working and that, right? And so, you know, there's a huge identity shift there. It's a breakdown in, in how we see ourselves. And it's necessary. I don't want to say it's a bad thing because it's necessary. You cannot go from a space of being an adolescent, which is kind of where our country was, Mm -hmm. right? There's always growing pains when you try to leave your adolescence. I mean, (laughs) any one of us who remembers being a teenager knows the angst and misery that went along with the hormones and the insanity and the trying to break away from our parents and define ourselves and all of this. And that's what happens. You know, the U.S. is relatively young compared to countries around the world. And so, you know, there's a whole moment where you have to go through this. I watched this happen in the Massachusetts area. Ah, I want to say probably 10, 15 years ago, a community of elders there, uh, the Earth Spirit community, who started all of the big pagan events in the uh, Massachusetts area. And they started that like, oh, it's got to be like 40 years ago now, right? And so they were the parents of the community, quote unquote, right? And when I was in there in like the 2000 to 2010 range, those people who had come up through this were starting to launch their own events. You know, they were launching them to be themselves and to do their own thing, but somewhat in rebellion against the the parents, right? Because that's how adolescence works, right? And there was, you know, drama and whatnot about different people running different events and, you know, whatever, 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 all of that was happening. And I was just sitting there watching it going, oh, we've had adolescence. It's so sweet, right? You know, but that's what happens when you go through an adolescent phase. And so the U.S. is in that adolescent phase. And we're currently fighting to see who we're going to be when we break away from the mom and dad of the governmental story right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not we're breaking away from the government, although that could happen. Mm -hmm. But we're breaking away from the governmental story, the the mythology Mm -hmm. of what it is to be an American. There's a huge shift about to happen. I mean, you look at how old these guys are, and their capacity to make decisions, whether or not they are even mentally capable of running countries. And I'm saying it for the majority of them, whatever blue or red, there's a generational shift. And with that systems are going to break because these younger generations have different ideas. They grow up differently. Yes. Well, it's not just that it's the way that we have been taught to think 
Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I often, or not (laughs) to think, yes. We, We literally did remove critical thinking as a course from the curriculums of all of the schools. And I think now you don't even have to take critical thinking in college, even unless you are a philosophy major or something like that. Just horrific, right? So yeah, it's it's insane. But that's it makes us easier to control, right? Mm -hmm. If you can make somebody fearful, you can control them. And so, you know, that's the challenge. So, you know, it's that there's also we're shaped by our experiences. Mm -hmm. So my father, he was born in 1940 right? So he came up through uh, World War II and Vietnam and, you know, all of the things and, you know, the summer of love and all of that. Not that he participated, he was a little too old for that, but there's a whole process of thinking that comes out of that. His parents were from the depression era, right? And so, you know, they come in with this huge sense of lack that they then pass along to their children. And, you know, you take what you can get and so on. And and my father and I had a conversation ongoing for my entire life with him. And it was, well, what are you going to do if you're unhappy in your job? I said, well, quit and get another job that I'm happier in. He's like, see, that's what's wrong with you. And I'm like, what's wrong with me, dad? He said, you know, you you don't stick anything out. You've got to just, you know, put your nose down and do what needs to be done and da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) And we just, we had the same conversation every few years for my whole life. So, you know, it's, it's a perspective and you have to understand that just like he was shaped by his world, we have been shaped by ours. I mean, you know, I remember watching the Challenger explode. I remember being told that, yeah, we could get into a nuclear war and hiding under your desk isn't going to make a difference, right? Which my parents did not have that in their childhood, right? And the kids now are like, oh yeah, a school shooter could come and kill you at any moment. I can't even imagine trying to come up through the school system in the U.S. right now. I, I would be terrified. My kids have always had lockdown drills. I mean, it's part of yeah. their... I'm floored, Right. I mean, Columbine didn't happen until the 90s, and I was out of college by then. So I've never had to live with that. And so the kids coming up through that era uh, have a very different experience of life than I did. And, you know, but I came in, I was Gen X, right? The forgotten generation. In fact, so forgotten that about two thirds of the time that you see anybody talk about the the generations, they don't mention us at all. We just get skipped entirely. So, you know, we grew up with no supervision and, you know, yeah. just sort of figure it out. And we did. Right. But, you know, it, that had its own scars and everything else. So, you know, every generation has their thing. But yeah. we just have to acknowledge that we think very differently because we've had very different experiences. Right. The thing about the people in office right now in their 70s and 80s, which is my dad's generation, right? They are not going to give up power easily because they lived through World War II. (laughs) They lived through Vietnam. They've lived through, you know, the fear of nuclear war. Fear, fear breeds a need for control. And a need for control breeds power mongering. And so that's what happens. It's also a piece of, you know, the boomers. The thing about the boomers (laughs) 
they are the generation that does, doesn't want to age. Mm -hmm. And so they're also not going to retire because that would be admitting they're old. Mm -hmm. And so everything about that generation has been, oh, we're not aging. Anti-aging cream came out for the boomers. It did not come out for the silent generation. So, you know, it's just an understanding of how people work. So you know, we're, we're going to have to, people are going to have to work their way up from the bottom and they're going to have to come up through it. And Gen Xers, you know, I, I'm hearing Gen Z and millennials say things like, you know, oh, you know, Gen Xers need to get out of office and let us in. It's like, nobody <laughs> let Gen Xers do anything. We had to fight for everything we got. So do not hold your breath on that happening. Right. right. <laughs> because, you know, there's no, oh, make way for us. Mm -mm, that's yeah. not going to happen. Gen right. Xers had to work too hard to get where they are. They're yeah. the first generation to do worse than their parents in terms of financial stuff. So, mm -hmm. and not to say that millennials aren't screwed because millennials have totally been screwed. But, you know, I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just saying that we got screwed too. You yeah. Know, this whole thing with uh, Medicare and everything else. I never expected to see Medicare, to be honest. I, I never expected to see Social Security because, you know, the generation ahead of us was so big. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's going to go bankrupt before it gets to us. And it didn't have to, but, you know, yet again, part of the upheaval and everything going on. So there's a lot happening. Yeah. You know, when we look at it from a political perspective, a personal perspective, you know, it's all... You know, there's a lot of angst and a lot of upset, but from a spiritual perspective, right? Because, you know, that's really what we talk about here, right? <laughs> from a spiritual perspective, everything happens as it's supposed to, mm -hmm. right? And yes, things are complicated and messy and ugly in a lot of ways. And I hate to say it this way, but it's true. It would be boring if nothing was wrong. <laughs> and if you look at life as though it's a virtual reality game, which kind of is, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I say this all the time and nobody gets it because nobody plays role-playing games who comes into the spiritual world, which is very sad because if they did, they would understand this. The first time you play a role-playing game, you want to build a character that is perfect, that has tens in all of their categories and kicks ass and takes names, right? And if your GM is smart, they will let you do that. And you will find out exactly how boring it is to hmm. have it all and to be able to do everything because it is incredibly boring. There's no chance that you're ever going to lose anything. You're just like, there's no challenge to it and that's why they tell you you can only have so many points and that's why you can only be so good in certain things and whatever right and that's the same way with this reality is that you know we choose challenges because they make it more interesting to experience and yeah I mean you know you can look at it as purely a game or you can look at it as a a school mm -hmm. where you grow and learn I've had opinions about what it is in the past. I'm, and now I'm like, eh, doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know? Assimilation yeah. theory is very much like that. We're here because we chose to come down here and experience something. Another version of us is like sitting in some place 
where it just, you know, there's nothing going on. So we chose to come down and now we're like, right. <laughs> well, this shit show. And the Gnostics say that, you know, all of this came from a God that was Dumb. born messed up. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, the demiurge that is now, you know, created this messed up reality and that we're, you know, the, they're trying to save us from. And the Course in Miracles sort of works with that, too. It says you're stuck on this plane and mm-hmm. we're trying to get you out. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is this hell? I don't know. Right. But, A lot of yeah. the ancient mystery school teachings, religious sects believe that. But then once the Catholic canon law went into effect, any kind of thought, again, critical thinking, you want to call it whatever, that was all heresy now. So we'll do all the thinking for you. We know it all. We laid it out in this book, put it nice and pretty. This is what you're to believe and think anything, but you're out of here. But yeah, the Cathars believed in that as well. Very similar. But, you know regardless what it is you know we're here we have to deal with the everyday life and the situations that we put ourselves into whether or not you know we believe that or not it's our life it's our control and I believe that that's exactly what it is I fix me then the rest that's all I can do and then the rest of the world if you could all fix you you know we'll be good right yeah not I I would be careful with the language because Mm -hmm. You know, we have to deal with the things that we've created. It's a sort of almost a punishment kind of language, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so, you know, I didn't like what I was seeing around me. So I opted out. I moved to a place where I get to live on vacation every day, right? You know, (laughs) my life is really (laughs) awesome here. I am, you know, it's the windows are open right now. It's, it's. Mm -hmm mid-February and my windows are open because it's 75 degrees out and breezy and sunny and gorgeous and we went out at lunchtime and took our dogs for a walk down this huge down this beautiful park next to this massive river gorgeous absolutely gorgeous I went to visit a friend's house and you know it's on my TikTok Um, I made a TikTok about the view from her house which was I mean, the TikTok is beautiful, but it does not do justice to what was actually in front of me, right? I mean, it was so stunning. I've seen rainbows that are brighter than any rainbow I've ever seen in my life. I've seen so much beauty since I have been here. And there is an energy of tranquilo, right? That's what they call it. They call it tranquilo here. And this tranquil space where it's hard to get angry about anything. I mean, it's just, you're just like, eh, it's fine. It'll be fine. You know, are there problems? Yeah, we have brownouts and like the internet's out today. So I'm on my phone. But yeah, I mean, the internet goes out in the US too, you know, <laughs> power goes out in the US too, right? We have roads that aren't paved and are bumpy. And that's something that we didn't experience there. The sidewalks are yeah, inconsistent at best. So when you walk, you always look down or else you're going to end up flat on your face because you suddenly walk to a space where there is no sidewalk. You know? yeah. And it just, it, the sidewalk just ends. There might be rebar sticking out of the ground and you don't even, you know, if you're not looking, you're going to hurt yourself. So, but you know, yeah, I mean, there are third world country issues, but this country 
the, the people are so loving and they're so wonderful and they are just present. The girl I talked to in Turkey, you know, when she was talking about the people there, she said, you know how, like, if you need someone to help you, you have to pay them over in the U.S. She said, people right. just do that without even thinking there, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I've been putting out TikToks here and I've gotten like a hundred followers in the last two days because of the one of the videos I put out went a little viral here in Panama and, and people are reaching out and like a guy who runs a farm is like, Hey, do you want to come to my farm? And we'll, we'll get you on the horses and show you chickens because I'm in love with his country. And he just is so happy that I'm in love with this country. He wants to give me more good experiences. And somebody else just reached out just before I got on here and said, Hey, have you been to Santiago? And, and, you know, when you come here, let me know and I'll show you around. Right. You know, random person on TikTok. And this is how this country is. My massage therapist brings me food from her garden. And she's sort of my ambassador to Panama. Anytime something's going on, she's like, oh, yeah, you don't want to do this. You want to do that. And here's how you do that. And blah, 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 blah. She's my ambassador wow. to Panama. It's amazing. And it's just because, you know, we got to talking and we became friends. And now she tells me stuff. It's just is a very different way of living mm -hmm. than the U.S., especially recent day U.S. When the new people come in from the States, we have to kind of orient them and say, we don't talk about politics here. You know, there, there are people red and blue here, and we do not talk about politics here because we are tranquilo. You can have whatever belief structure you want, and we are okay with it, but mm -hmm. we don't talk about it, right? Because mm -hmm. we have found that people can't be civil. So that's mm -hmm. the challenge. You know, we used to be able to disagree with one another and be civil about it. And that has disappeared in the country. It has. The divided states of America. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so. I almost feel like it was created. That division was created probably on purpose. Oh, it I absolutely mean, was. Well, they started it as a way to create wedge, wedge issues to really define and get people to vote one way or the other. That's what it started for. But you have the right to choose your experience. Mm -hmm. And just because other people are miserable does not mean you have to be. And you can choose to opt out of whatever you want to opt out of in this process. And, you know, it's just a matter of making a decision and doing it. It's been very interesting making new friends down here because, you know, I'm telling them my stories for the first time, right? And mm -hmm. I tend to be this cosmic yes girl. So I say <laughs> yes to a lot of things that other people would be like, that's insane. There's no way I'm doing that. And I go, sure, let's do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, I have all these amazing experiences that I talk about and, and my new friends have started to look at me a little dubiously, like, really? And I'm like, I know, I know. I have often said that if I wrote my memoirs, I'd have to do the second half of my life under a different name <laughs> because nobody would believe that all this stuff has happened to one person. But when you say yes to lots of things, cool shit happens, right? And so the reason I say this is because there are so many things that I've done in my life that other people said no to. And the only things I truly regret in life are the things I didn't do, not the things I did. 
So, you know, when you're looking at it, I, I really want to encourage you to not look at what can't I do. Mm -hmm. I want you to look at what can I do. And I want you to choose for yourself rather than letting it be chosen for you, rather mm -hmm. than surrendering to a loss of hope or to a sense of victimization. I'm not saying it's not hard. It is hard. I'm not saying it, that it's easy. But one of the things in the beginning, when I was first stepping into this space, there's a lot of anger underneath that victimness, right? Yeah. Use that anger. Use that anger. Not to like try and change others because that's never going to happen, right? But to fuel your change. To say, I will not be victimized like this anymore. I will not have this experience of life anymore. I will not do this. I am doing this instead. Don't get stuck in the I won't because that just invests in the won't, right? But if you use the anger to sh shove the things you don't want away and refuse to have them and you stand in a space of, and that's the challenge, right? Because we were talking about this before with the change, right? There's, there's this space that happens in between where you're sitting in the empty room, right? You're sitting in the formless space. You've shoved what you don't want out and the new thing has not arrived. And the challenge is not to go running back to the things that you shoved away because they're comfortable and you knew them and whatever. And fe sitting in this empty space feels very acky. And all of your monkey mind comes in and goes, what the hell did you do? What were you thinking? I don't know what you're thinking. Go get your old life back. You know what that was. You know how to do that, right? Don't go back. Just sit in the empty space until the new life shows up because it will, because you've called it into being. And you had to shove the old stuff away in order to make space for the new stuff to show up. I'm sitting in that space myself right now. You know, yes, a lot of my new life has arrived. I've got new friends. I've rooted in. I've been here seven months. So I've been here for a while. But this shift has caused other shifts for me in terms of my business and what I do and things like that and who I work with. And so a lot of this stuff is shifting for me. And I'm sitting in the empty room and it is freaking uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to lie to you. White is, walls. Yeah. And I'm not even, it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm a, a, a pile of gelatinous goo right now. Right? <laughs> and I keep trying to hold on to my form and I'm like, Nope, I can't hold yeah. on to my form. I got to let that go because the gelatinous goo is the stage before you become a butterfly. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm in the gelatinous goo phase. Yeah. yeah so it's part of the process and the country's in that process and I'm seeing so many you know in tune of people who are aware who are in that process right now and there's so much of this going on that you know we can't help but evolve in some way mm -hmm. because I mean it's just we're all sitting in the space the key is not to go into fear when we mm -hmm. go into fear we go into control when we go into control, we create things that suck, mm -hmm. right? We create power dynamics and domination and all of these things that are not good for society or for ourselves, mm -hmm. for our relationships, for our loved ones, for everything. 
And so, you know, it's just the, the big key is you've got to lean into your trust in yourself to adapt mm-hmm. and into your trust in the universe to provide. Yeah. Surrender. Surrender. Yeah. Which is hard when you're freaking out. Yeah. That's so interesting. You are so right. I have seen this too. Yeah. When you, Yeah. We started this conversation saying that you had seen a lot of people like this. I have too. And it is uncomfortable for them. What do I do? Where am I? You know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this new shift is. I don't know what the universe is trying to tell me that I'm supposed to do this. Am I supposed to change my career, my marriage, you know, this and that. And they are very uncomfortable with just being and waiting and being patient. Yeah. 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 And that, that requires shedding a lot of things like you were saying, breakdown before breakthrough, right? You know, this is one of the things that I talk to people about. I'm like, look, you have got to, when you're letting go of the things that are in your life right now, and you're making space for the next thing, if you want to support yourself the most in that empty room, is that when you take the old furniture out of the room, right, burn it or give it away (laughs) to somebody you can't get it back from, right? Just make it so that you cannot get it back. So that the, there is no option to go backwards because if there's an option, Mm -hmm. when you get uncomfortable enough, you will do it. And then you don't change. And every time you start the process of change and then go back, you actually, it's like building a layer of bricks in a wall between you and the thing you want. And you put another layer of bricks and make that wall a little bit higher to try and get over next time. So you do not want to try and then go back because it actually makes it harder to get there eventually. This is the thing, right? The failure to commit is the biggest problem we have, right? If we don't commit to our new selves, to our new life, to our new choices, to our new whatever, then there's always a risk of going back. I used to train real estate agents years ago. They were new agents. And every time I would start a class, I would say, okay, who has a backup plan for what you're going to do if you aren't, if, if this doesn't work? And they, were, they would raise their hands and I'd say, okay, you can go home now and go do that. And they were like, what? I'm like, this is really hard. Real estate is really hard. And if you have a backup plan, a way for you to, to jump out because, you know, when, when the going gets tough, you will. So don't waste your time in this class. Go do whatever your backup plan is because you're not going to make it, which always rocked their worlds. But it was true. You know, I'd been training agents for ages and I, I saw it happen over and over again. I'm like, you got to ditch your backup plan, right? You, you just, you have to commit to the new path. Because if you don't commit to the new path, you're going to, you know, you're going to be dragged back out of it. I, I literally, uh, over the weekend, I sat down and I deleted 200 and plus pages off of my website that had been sitting in draft form. They were old sales pages, old events, old offerings, whatever. And I was just like, I don't need this energy dragging on my business. And it was literally two thirds of the pages on my website that I just wholesale deleted. Making that storage. Exactly. It's it's locking up the energy. It's gumming up the works, right? Yeah. Like and when so, your phone doesn't work and you need to get rid of some of it because it's blogging. Exactly. It yeah. Yeah. Same idea. 
So, you know, the question is, where, how can you clean out your closets? How can you clean out your spiritual closets? How can you clean out your mental closets? How can you, you know, there, you have to have the breakthrough, breakdown before the breakthrough, because the breakdown makes the space for the new things to come in. That's right. Yeah. Right. And so that's what the country's going through right now. That's what the world's going through right now is the breakdown before the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know where the breakthrough is going to take us because right now the balance power and the way things are going is moving too much for me to actually say one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But, but there will be shifts, big shifts, no matter mm-hmm. what. Well, and yeah. you know, and, and if you decide to commit and fully commit, mm-hmm. now you're in control. Right. Because when you're not, you're letting, you know, the past control you or these outside things control your life, your destiny, your future. Exactly. You can either be in the raging river and subject to the rocks that you're going to, that it's going to bash you into, or you can get in a boat and paddle, Mm -hmm. right? You're still going to be in the river, but at least you have the option to miss some of these rocks and you could pull off into an eddy and get out of the boat and walk right you know there's all sorts of ways to do it but if you're Mm -hmm. in the water you have fewer options because you're basically just trying to survive you know yeah you know I look at all the different generations that I'm around you know I mean just my house I have three and you know it's true all of us are going through a shift in some way we're all in our own boats trying to paddle right opposite of the stream we all need to just surrender actually and let it all go and and go with the school of fish underneath us you can't fight the river and i see a lot of people are trying to do that like the sovereign citizen stuff and want to be completely free of government blah 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 you know all these things to fight against the system right and spending money and time studying law i'm not really sure that's the way to go Like, I get it. I don't like the system either. I think there needs to be huge change. So this is, again, that adolescent stage, right? Because when you are defining yourself in opposition to something, you are still being controlled by that thing. It's so true. So you're rebelling. You are still being controlled controlled by the thing because you're doing the direct opposite of the thing. And therefore, you're not being sovereign because you are you know, you are still in reaction to the thing, right? And so that's, again, another very common thing that happens in the adolescent stage, because we don't yet know how to define ourselves independent of our parents. So we tend to define ourselves in opposition to our parents to try and separate. And so that's pretty common. It's a very common thing in, in the dynamics that we're looking at. But ultimately, you do need to Pull yourself out of the mix entirely and sit and be still and define yourself for yourself. I feel like I absolutely have freedom, freedom from not letting that kind of shit get to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you ever want to wonder about what freedom really is, read Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl, who was a uh, Holocaust survivor, and he spoke about that uh, in his book and about how to maintain a sense of freedom in your own mind while he was in the concentration camps, right? That'll blow your brain. That book alone would be a a great one if this is something that you're struggling with is finding your freedom within the space that you're in, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all have our choices to make. 
in life. Mm -hmm. And the question you have to ask yourself is, are you going to choose to be miserable or are you going to choose to walk a path where you are constantly iterating towards your own happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that you're going to immediately like change and everything's going to be hunky-dory, right? I mean, I left the country and yes, everything is awesome here. Um, but, but we got here a couple of months ahead of a friend of mine who also came and she's in month four and we're in month seven, right? So three months, but, and she's exhausted because moving here is exhausting, right? You're, you're redefining yourself as, uh, you know, who you are. And you're having to learn how to orient in a country where you don't speak the primary language or maybe don't speak it well, um, like me. I speak it some, but not well. I used to, but not anymore. I spoke Castilian Spanish, which is why I have a hard time here because very different Spanish here. Uh, Spain Spanish is what I spoke. Um, Latin American Spanish is very different. But, you know, just something as simple as figuring out what store you need to go to to buy something. If you think about it, you're like, oh, well, I need to get plates. Well, okay, you can go to Bed Bath & Beyond, you can go to Marshalls, you can go to TJ Maxx, you can go to Kmart, blah, blah, blah. None of those exist here. Oh. <laughs> okay. So it's like, well, yeah. okay, there's six different stores downtown. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they sell yet, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's just figuring out where you're supposed to go and how you're supposed to get there. And then you've got to navigate visas and the whole nine yards, right? So it's exhausting to make mm-hmm. the move. So, you know, did I move here and suddenly I'm, I'm happy? Well, yeah, I am happy, but I'm also tired a lot. And I'm mm-hmm. also still getting oriented a lot. And, you know, that's just the nature of change, right? You just have to accept that that's going to be the case. Hmm. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're going to be a regular voice on Sense of Soul. It'll be fun. You have so much wisdom. And I'm super excited to, to do it. Yeah. So. You're a great teacher. I definitely look up to you and appreciate your time. And I took your quiz on your website, which, you know, it was very interesting because it's the kind of quiz that has you really kind of self-reflecting. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's not just one of those quiz like, oh, this is so fun. You know, I'm going to see what the result is. No, your questions were very intentional and had me seeking deeper within. So I appreciate that. I suggest all of our listeners get on and can go to your website, kellysparta.com and take the quiz. Yeah, the, the quiz is what is your shadow work readiness score? So it's, it's about how ready are you to actually do your shadow work? Because everybody's always trying to, they're like, oh, do your shadow work, do your shadow work. But you got to be ready for your shadow work, right? So the quiz says whether or not you're ready for your shadow work and, and tells you what stage you're in and so on. So it, it's really good for, you know, getting a sense of what you should be doing next, right? You know, so we've got that. We've got the programs that correlate with that in terms of, you know, where are you and, and how do you get to the next step, Right. And that starts with inner peace and goes to mastering spiritual evolution and then goes into mastering inner healing. So it just depends upon where you are in your journey as to what comes next for you and how to get there. And I've just recently launched a new program that's called Liminality. It is my shaman on call program. So basically you're not in a group. You're not doing a set curriculum that everybody else is doing. You're coming in, you're further along in your journey. You're looking for something that's a little more custom designed from somebody who has actually been there and has a clue and 
you're looking for direction on how to go to the next stage in your, your life. And we're using Marco Polo, which is kind of like text messaging with video. Okay. And so there's no set times that we're going to talk. It's you go, this is what's going on for me. And I go, <laughs> okay, here's what you need to do. And, you know, whatever it is, whenever it is. And so it's, it's great for really busy people or people who are traveling all the time and have a hard time getting a set schedule to work and, and or people who, for whatever reason, maybe they have a sensitive job or whatever, they can't be in a group environment, you know, that sort of thing. It's really good for, for people like that. So, and for people who are further along in their journey and can't do the beginner stuff anymore, they even one more time, they're just like, oh, I can't, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're going to events and feeling like they're, they're actually running things because the person running them is not very good at it or whatever. Or they're so, sitting you know, in the white room waiting or they're sitting right. waiting. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's yeah. what that program's for. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. And then, you know, last time you were on, you talked about the business energetics. Liminality is, is replacing that. So okay. if, if somebody's doing, I get a lot of business owners who come through that program. Mm-hmm. And so it, it sort of evolved into that because what I found when I was doing the group program is that people were in different places and mm-hmm. they needed different things. And, you know, I just, I wanted something that was a little more honoring of their time in terms of getting what they needed in a quick fashion and being able to move on with their day sort of thing. So, yeah. Cool. What about your podcast? Your voice is so amazing. Like the beginning of your podcast, listening to you singing, I like want more. <laughs> well, then go looking for one of the sound healings because that's me singing too, because this, anything that says sound healing on the podcast is me doing a vocal sound healing. So oh. yeah. So the podcast is spirit Sherpa. You can find it on any podcast player or you can go to spirit Sherpa podcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Listeners. If you haven't heard Kelly before on our podcast, go back and listen to those episodes. Cause they're great. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me and we will see you next time. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, honey. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.